0: ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 9.30 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. <laughs>
1: It is Thursday, June 18th. The drive begins now on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite Hold 2. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Coming up on the program, uh, we've been talking about the basketball tournament for the past few days. Of course, Mountain State has an interesting matchup to root for. Marshall alum versus West Virginia alum. And we've talked to several on the herd that entry. We're going to talk to one of the key components of Best Virginia. We got a tie in. Best Virginia, the 10 seed in this basketball tournament, and Jared West Sr., the father of Marshall standout, Jared West, one of the coaches of this team. And so we're going to talk to him. We're going to find out what Jared West Jr. has been saying, what what secrets he might have been spilling. We're going to find out all of that. And, of course, uh, we're going to break this one down a little bit more because one of the reasons why West Virginia was awarded a tournament site before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, because of the fan interest, not only, of course, you got Best Virginia, Marshall entry as well, just the fact that people... We're excited about this from the Mountain State, and West Virginia has a really solid entry. I mean, they got one of the best teams in the tournament. They're a 10 seed. And not everybody got in this tournament that wanted to get in. And West Virginia has two teams in, and obviously it's going to make for some interesting talk these last few days and leading up to the tournament. It's going to make for some interesting talk. And I'm excited we've got basketball coming back. And this is a really competitive tournament. So I'm looking forward to it. We're going to talk to uh, Jared West Sr. later on in the program. We've got some things to get into, so we're going to do that. I think the biggest thing we want to get into later on in the program is just how the Division I Council's plan for practice is going to break down. And still, there are so many unknowns. You've got Dr. Fauci coming out today, even saying that doesn't see how football really is going to be played The NFL coming back and says, you know what? You're right. We take the challenge. We accept the challenge. Sort of my take on that. Still don't know what's going to happen, but we're still planning as if football is going to happen. Basketball, at least on the college level, is going to be starting up soon. The uh, Division I Council approved a plan there. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I don't have any specifics yet from Marshall. As soon as I do, we'll try to have either Coach D'Antoni on or Tony Kemper or both. We'll try to get those guys on to talk a little bit more about what this means for them as we progress and get closer and closer to hopefully resumption of play, if it's safe. But right now, football is going through the motions as if we've got a target date. Things are going to happen. We're going to try to make it happen. We're going to try to get to that point. And of course, thankfully for football season, that means things are happening. And today, we find out that we have lost the Belk Bowl. I really want to lead with this. The Belk Bowl is gone as a name. So the Charlotte Sports Foundation has entered into a multi-year partnership with Duke's Mayonnaise. And so they've got an early season college football game and a postseason bowl game. Duke's takes over as the title sponsor for the bowl that has been known as the Belk Bowl since 2011. And the game itself is going to be known as the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So we've got the Mayo Bowl. Interesting enough, I'm not surprised by this, because years and years ago, these bowl games were named after industries that were trying to get more promotion. Why do you think they called it the Orange Bowl? Because trying to promote the orange industry, the Cotton Bowl, trying to promote the cotton industry. The Rose Bowl, of course, is the granddaddy of them all. Tournament of Roses Parade. I mean, that's just college football man, through and through. But now we're getting back to maybe some regional sponsors. Duke's Mayo Bowl. They're going to get a lot of pop out of this. And, of course, the game is in Charlotte. So Duke's Mayo, that's a big brand in Charlotte, right? I don't know if it's the brand we all go to. I'm not sure. if I go to If I go to anywhere in Charlotte and I have a sandwich or something with mayo in it, I definitely don't know if I'm going to get some Duke's mayonnaise with that. However, they're hoping that this is going to help, of course, elevate their name. And for a while, I didn't know what, what Bad Boy Mowers or Motors or whatever it was. I had to think about that first. Like, Bad Boy Motors, Mowers, what what is this? And Yeah, now I know what that is. I know that brand. And so having the bowl named after something helps. It does help. Sometimes, of course, though, the brands can't afford to keep that up or brands go away. Maybe the bowl didn't help, but I'm pretty sure that here from years from now, no matter what happens with the game, we're still going to need mayonnaise and Duke's mayonnaise. That should sort of be an automatic qualifying game for Duke. That should be a game where if Duke is bowl eligible, they automatically get a bid in the Duke's mayonnaise bowl. Makes sense to me. I think so. Automatic bid. If you get six wins, Duke, you get to go to the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl every year. That's how I would do it completely. All right, we're going to take your phone calls at 877 420 TALK, 877 420 8255. That's your number to be a part of the program. Later on, we're going to hear from Jared West Sr. We're going to talk about the basketball tournament and we're going to run down what's happening in college football and basketball with these guidelines as we get closer to actual. Maybe a line, a determination, if the schedule's going to go off on time, if it's going to be pushed back, if it's going to be canceled. I don't want to envision it being canceled. They're playing football. I just don't know how and when. Probably on time. How? That's going to be another question. I mean, We're going to have a stormtrooper mask. We're going to have uh, face shields. What, what are we going to do here? Because uh, football, of course, uh, one of those sports where there's going to be a lot of contact. And so... We'll figure all of this out together, but later on, Jared West Sr. joins us on the program. It's The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Still to come, we're going to talk basketball tournament. West Virginia's alumni entry, Best Virginia, will face off against Marshall's alumni team. I've heard that, and we'll speak to Jared West Sr., father of Jared West on the Marshall basketball team. And we've talked to Jared in the past. We know where his loyalties lie. When it comes to this tournament, he's he's going with family. Blood thicker than water when it comes to Jared. We'll find out, though, how thick that blood really is. I'm, I'm probably going to get Jared in a little trouble here just because um, he's probably thinking, oh, man, what are you going to ask my dad? Did we tweet this out? Did we let him know? Did we give him the heads up that we had his dad on the show? Okay. All right. We're we're gonna find out. We're 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 gonna find out if uh if he's tuned into the program. Um. So uh, Jared West Senior joins us on the program a little bit later on, and uh, I mean maybe we should after the interview say, "Hey, um, here's what your dad said. Here, here's what your dad said." Uh, it's exciting though. The tournament itself, it's really exciting. The fact that it's going to be interesting for several reasons. You've got the West Virginia entry, the Marshall entry. The winner will get to take on the money team. I would like to see these teams in different brackets, different angles of this. Maybe had two teams from West Virginia. I mean, to extend this a little further, but it definitely generates a lot of interest and conversation as we get closer and closer to the start of this tournament. Of course, the thing that we're also most concerned with right now is the start of football and basketball, at least on the college level. Now, the Division One Council, this is basketball I want to talk about first. The Division One Council, they approved the plan for men's and women's basketball summer activities. It's gonna be the same for both men and women. So there's no change there. There's no we're gonna do something differently on the men's side and the women's side. It's gonna be uniform. What's going to happen is um, they're going to allow voluntary athletics activities and up to eight hours of virtual non-physical activities through July 19th. Um, The council is going to discuss whether additional activities should be allowed in that period. Uh, They're going to um, get together, and they're doing this all virtually. Beginning July 20th, um, required summer activities may begin and can last up to eight weeks or until the school's first day of classes. Or September 15th, whichever is earlier. And required virtual non physical activities can continue to be conducted during the period. Virtual and in person activities cannot exceed a combined eight hours per week. And as soon as a plan is formulated or a plan is revealed, as far as what happens with Marshall, as I mentioned, we'll try to get either or both Coach Dantoni and Coach Kemper on. To talk about this, but Marshall has been smart about we're going to bring football back first. We're going to ease into this. We're going to do this in stages. And so far, whatever Marshall's doing, whatever the Marshall football team, whatever their guidelines are, it seems to be holding and working. And we've got, of course, those positive tests that came in before the start of this period. And that was to be expected. You didn't want it to happen, but it was to be expected. And so you caught those. And now you look at other schools, like Texas, for example. And Texas is having a hard time of it because they have multiple cases. In Houston, lots of cases there. And this is going to throw the timetable off for a lot of schools, a lot of leagues, because it's obvious some schools are moving at a different pace than others. And now schools are asking, if you want to do this, you're going to have to sign a pledge. I mean, that's popping up more and more. I I don't know what that's going to look like across the country, but there are several schools that are asking athletes, you're going to sign a pledge. This is what you're going to pledge to do. But you're going to have to. You're going to have to figure out a way to, to minimize this because you're seeing positive tests pop up across the college football landscape. And so... You were expecting this, but were you expecting this at this level? And unfortunately for some schools, well, unfortunately at some schools, it's been a little bit more of a disaster than others. From the standpoint that more athletes have been testing positive than others. More schools have been maybe surprised, okay, whoa, it's it's a higher number than that. Unfortunately... For a lot of schools, this is sort of a wake up call. But like I said, you've got the University of Houston, they pause their workouts. You've got some other schools that are pausing or at least trying to reorganize what they're doing because you've got positive tests and you're having difficulty and really getting this going because you've got to quarantine kids, you've got to isolate them, you've got to separate them from the crowd, you have to make sure that they're not a part. Of the population, and then I don't know what the results are going to be here over the next few weeks. But you've got people coming back from, say, Myrtle Beach, for example. Myrtle Beach has become a hot spot. Now, I actually looked at my intern today and said, if you're hanging out with anybody that's near, you know, been near this, you know, you're going to be wearing that mask the entire time. And of course, again, it's because you're trying to eliminate your exposure to people, eliminate. If you're a student athlete, you're definitely going to lock yourself down because this could be make or break as far as your opportunity to play. And keep that in mind. If more student athletes test positive, and then this is going to set things back, you're not going to get maybe the the workouts you need. And at the same time, if you've got multiple cases, that's going to give people reason for pause. And what's this going to look like come late August, come September, come October? What's the schedule going to look like? And, of course, as I've told a few people, until further notice, Marshall's playing football. Until further notice. Until something comes down that says, no, not happening, or this is going to be a reduced schedule, or it's going to be a shifted schedule. Because you can't depend on just what you're doing. You're going to have to depend on the other schools as well. And that's the big concern. Will other schools be on the same page, on the same level, say, as Marshall? If Marshall does everything right and Marshall has clean bill of health and Marshall has done everything and can play football, what about the opponent? Have those kids gone through the same type of protocols? Have those kids been doing the same things? You know, is the virus a little bit more of a, an issue where those schools are located? You know, new cases popped up. I mean, this is going to be so interesting. So when I was reading Dr. Fauci's comments about, you know, you might have to put these kids in bubbles. And that's going to be interesting. How do you put student athletes in bubbles? You're going to have to put them in bubbles. And, of course, they're student athletes. This isn't professional sports we're talking here, where NBA players, if they eventually figure out that they want to do this and they sign up for it, agree to quarantine themselves and put themselves in a bubble isolated from everyone else except the participants of this venture. I mean, same thing. We're talking about the basketball tournament, and we'll talk to Jared West Sr. here in a few minutes. Same thing with this tournament. You're going to self-isolate. You're going to have to quarantine. You're going to be tested multiple times. And the reason being is because one positive test and your team's out. Not you're going to isolate that player. Is If someone on your team, if your team has one positive, you're gone. You're out of the tournament. They have backup teams that are ready to take your place. And so they're taking it seriously. They're asking these participants to practice this. I don't know how you're going to put NFL players in bubbles. The NBA, you're playing at one location, so you can bubble a little bit more. How do you do that with football? How do you isolate and then travel? Because you're not playing football at one location. Same thing with college football. You're not playing at you're not playing hubs. There's no college football hub that has been developed for college football teams to play and that's not going to happen. College football relies on home games with opponents. Fans might not be a part of the equation, fans might be a part of the equation. What number of fans will be allowed? What percentage will be allowed in? And that's where we're at right now. At the same time though, you've got to prepare as if we're going to have a season and we're going to see basketball ramp up. And basketball is going to be interesting as well because we've seen the results of testing come back and we've seen football players. Now, football, you've got greater number of student athletes to to worry about, to contend with. But at the same time, basketball, you've got a smaller group of athletes and it's going to be more detrimental. If you have two or three players on your basketball roster that test positive, That's a little bit more detrimental than maybe two or three martial football players because you can compensate and overcome that. You have the numbers. You still might be a little shorthanded, but you have the numbers, whereas in basketball, that's going to be the interesting situation. If players come back and you find out that maybe they were either exposed without knowing it, careless, out at the beach, having a good time before they get back into the swing of things here, come back, they've got unknown to them, they've gotten themselves exposed, and all of a sudden they're going to have to isolate if they want to participate, and they're going to have to go on lockdown. And that's the thing. You're going to have to figure out how do you do this, and then how do you replicate this? Because it's not just you keeping your student-athletes safe. You're trying to make sure that the opponent, the other team, has been doing the same thing, keeping their student-athletes safe. and I'm sure there's a lot of phone calls going on back and forth, and there will be, I'm sure, continuously as schedules have to be adjusted or if there's going to be any delay, or if everybody's comfortable and confident that they can pull this off and not have any repercussions. I, I don't think intentionally universities are going to put their kids in harm's way. I don't think intentionally. I don't think there's any, okay, we're going to play no matter what. We're just going to go out there and risk it. I think these kids are going to have to go out there and they're going to have to play uh, if NCAA and if the university think that they're okay and they're going to do that. But uh, we're definitely going to break this down a little bit more because the NCAA council approved a six-week practice plan for football. We're going to break that down later on the program, but we're going to turn our attention back to the basketball tournament itself. And Jared West Sr. joins us on the program when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: Don't worry, Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Welcome back to the Thursday, June 18th edition, The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. If you miss any part of today's program, don't forget you can always catch it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And if you do subscribe, make sure you do subscribe. It'll come to your phone or your device automatically. And do me a favor, leave me a five-star review. I would appreciate it when you do subscribe. It's on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Still to come here in the next couple of minutes, we're going to hear from the coach of Marshall alumni team, Heard That's opponent, West Virginia alumni team, Best Virginia. So Jared West Sr. will be joining us on the program here in a few moments, and we'll be breaking down the basketball tournament. So that is coming up, and, of course, we'll get your phone calls in as well at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Football, of course, progressing as well in college athletics and the NCAA Division I Council yesterday approving a six-week practice plan for football that's going to begin in July, and it's going to transition teams from the voluntary workouts to typical mandatory meetings and preseason camps to get them ready for the 2020 season. The NCAA also waiving the preseason limit of 110 athletes. And this news coming, of course, from, and you've got West Virginia Athletic Director Shane Lyons, who is the chair of the NCAA Football Oversight Committee. and yeah, he's um, He's overseeing this right now, and he said that it will be left to the discretion of each institution how many athletes it has at camp. So if you've got more than 110, you want to bring them all in. If you think you can handle it and manage it, that will be where we're at with the add-ons. And, of course, uh, most football teams, if you do the math, walk-ons, looking at maybe, what, 120, 130. Some schools could have 130. Some schools could have less. Some schools could have maybe 115, 120. You you, you see my, my point here. The numbers will fluctuate a little bit, but during the uh, preseason, uh, you can have only 110 players return to camp. So the numbers have been allowed to be inflated a little bit because you're just trying to get ready. You're trying to get prepared for this. And uh, the NCAA also waived the rule that Any additional athletes who returned to campus for summer conditioning, uh, walkthroughs, and meetings didn't have to go home again. So there's no, okay, we brought you, now you got to go back. And, you know, so you are in a situation where you're going to be under the guidance, under the watch, under the care of the athletic department. You don't want that. You don't want to release players, release student athletes, and then have them come back because bad things could happen. Case in point, uh, we find out today, and this is from the Cabell County, uh, Cabell Huntington Health Department, that five cases of COVID-19 in Cabell County are linked to travel to the Myrtle Beach area of South Carolina. So that is according to uh, their, contract, uh, their contact tracing. Um, they're doing some interviews, and um, they are, of course, as they have been advising isolation and quarantine procedures to those individuals that have tested positive. And you're hoping that it's not you that's talked to some of those people who have been in touch with some of those people. And you're hoping that your football team hasn't been in contact with somebody returning from Myrtle beach. So that's where you're at right now. You're, you're trying to limit that. And so that's why you have this waiver of the rule because you don't want to release these kids and then they're going to have to re quarantine and they're going to have to lock down and then come back and be uh, tested all over again. So we have been talking about the basketball tournament for several days and we had John Elmore on a few days ago, Ryan Taylor. Uh, We uh, basically have been enjoying the early hype for this. It feels like March madness with the bracket and everything. And, We've got, of course, our connections. We've talked to Jared West Jr. on many occasions on the program, and he's indicated that he's taken, he's taken family over brothers, or at least um, that was the the impression last time. Uh, and I'm sure that's news. It's good news to the ears of Jared West Sr., who joins us now on the program. Uh, going to be the coach uh, once again of Best Virginia. And, Coach, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And uh, we're kind of excited for this matchup.
0: Oh yeah, I, I think everybody in the country is, and definitely in the great state of West Virginia, just to see some basketball in the first place, and then obviously with the uh, you know WVU Marshall um, rivalry. So it should be a. Uh, I wish the crowd was allowed because it would be a great atmosphere, but uh, we know everybody will be cheering at home.
1: Now I've given um I've given your son a little white ribbing now and then, and he pretty much said that okay when it came right down to it. You know, he's taking you over uh, a guy like John Elmore just because family. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the right answer for him.
0: He, he has to be politically correct, um, but you know, always blood is a little thicker than, than, than water. But um, you know, either way, it's a win-win for him. If 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 uh, if they win, he's got a little bragging rights with his with his with his boys. And then, obviously, if Dad wins, if I win a little money, I, I might be able to put a little more in the bank account for him. So, um, <laughs> you know, but it definitely it'll be a fun game for him because he knows um, everybody on both teams. So it'll be it'll be a great great game for him to watch and enjoy.
1: Does he stay neutral, or do you lean on him a little bit and go, okay? Tell me a little bit more about this Elmore guy. You know, what's his uh, tendencies? Are are you using him as a tool, or is he staying out of this?
0: Well, to be honest with you, we're we are a basketball family, so I probably. Before Jared even came to W, I mean came to Marshall, you know? that's just what we do. We um, we watch people, we analyze people, we break people down. So he didn't have to tell me much because um, you know obviously I've seen John, Stevie, Rondell, all those guys, CJ, uh, McRine. So, but if I were to ask him, he would he would definitely let me know. He, he's a, he's definitely a future head coach um, in, in the making. So we're, we're always down to talk a little basketball.
1: Well, I did hear from John Elmore when we talked to him that uh, they've changed their play calls and the locking. They're locking your son out. He's he's not going to be anywhere near them. They're <laughs> locking him out.
0: That's funny because they just uh, they were working out together probably what three or four weeks, three weeks ago. He went back to Huntington for a little bit and they did a lot of sand workouts. So and then to, to get the uh, the seating and we we're playing them. So that that's. Very ironic, uh, probably a little bit of uh good fortune. I think I think they kind of playing that so they can create some stories uh, for the event. But all in all, it'll be, it'll be a fun game. Uh, you know, I told the guys that practiced yesterday, if we don't come to play, we easily could be one and done because I know those guys, John, CJ, those guys are going to play with a lot of heart, a lot of pride, and uh, this gives them another opportunity to, to uh, represent uh, Marshall. So I, I know they'll be excited and ready to go.
1: Notre Dame boys basketball coach Jared West, also the coach of Best Virginia, joining us on the program. When you saw that pairing, were you excited, happy? Oh no, here we go again. What was your your thoughts on that?
0: To be to be honest with you, um, the competitive side of and me, I wouldn't have cared if it was my mom and dad who we were playing. You know, when it, when the ball goes up especially, you know, we're trying to win a million dollars, so you know, obviously it's it's, it's close to home being W Marshall, but it's my responsibility just to get these guys prepared uh, to, to win one game at a time, and hopefully we can, if we win five, we'll, we'll win it all, so uh, I know the state is, you know, it's, it's a lot of uh, the rivalry game and all that, but from a coach's perspective, I could care less who we're playing, I, I'm just trying to get film and like I said, show guys tendencies and scouting reports so they'll be prepared to play.
1: How tough is it going to be for you? Because the basketball tournament has been very player safety conscious. You're going to have to go in lockdown. There's going to be lots of testing, isolation. Uh, This is a major commitment. How tough is that going to be for you and your your team?
0: I think that's a great question. And I think uh, out of 24 teams, it's going to be interesting to see how many teams, uh, you know, self hurt themselves by maybe not following instructions, doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, that's going to be interesting, you know, when you when you have grown men and professionals who are used to kind of being out and about, and now they have to quarantine and kind of follow some some guidelines for everybody's safety, obviously. But that's going to be interesting to see who can um, handle the strict. Uh, uh precautions that we have that we have to abide by in the next two weeks. I that's that's I, I thought about that a lot, and that's the first time someone has asked me about it. I think that's gonna play a, a very important role into who wins this.
1: Joining us on the program, Notre Dame Boys basketball coach and head coach of best Virginia, Jared West. Do you think it helps because Best Virginia has the unique situation. Not too many teams can, one, you know, boast the talent you have. Two, the camaraderie, the closeness, the familiarity with each other. I'm pretty sure of all the groups, you have probably one of the best groups that can keep each other accountable. I mean, you all know each other. I mean, this isn't, you're not putting guys together. I mean, there's a lot of continuity between top to bottom with this team.
0: I totally agree, and I told the guys yesterday, this tournament is, is a lot about chemistry, who likes each other, who vibes with each other, who knows the strengths and weaknesses, and all of these guys. One of the greatest things that Coach Huggins has done in building that uh, practice facility is that he's really embraced the family, and he allows all these guys to come back in the all season and work out together. And uh, I think that is going to be an advantage to us um, just like you said, the familiarity, the chemistry, because you're you're basically trying to do something that takes three months to get accomplished, and do something in two in two weeks to build chemistry, to understand strengths and weaknesses, and those guys already have it. So hopefully we can use that to our advantage, um, you know, and, and take one step at a time and, and and advance throughout the tournament.
1: You bring up Coach Huggins. Uh, you look at this team. Uh, this is a, a Bob Huggins all-star team in and, and all effects. And if you play to your potential, uh, I don't know if uh, you look too far ahead at the teams that are ahead of you and how much scouting you can really do, but uh, your style of play is going to be tough and difficult for anybody to face off against.
0: Uh, yes, but to, from a coach's perspective, I would be doing the Marshall team a discredit if I look to the next. Someone asked that yesterday. I, I don't. I don't know who we're in the second round because if we don't win the first game, we're going home. So we have to take one game at a time. That's one thing I've learned at an early early age playing this game of basketball. You can never overlook anybody. So all of our um, time, energy, effort is focused on stopping Marshall, stopping John Elmore, and those guys because they deserve all the attention right now. if, if for some reason we win that game. If you want to give me a call the night of that game, and then we can talk about whoever you want to talk about the next <laughs> the next game. But uh, right now we're focused on um, Mar- the Marshall team.
1: Well, I know your opponent. I won't go into that, but I'm rooting for you already. If it's your team that has to go off and uh, you know, face uh, the next opponent, I- I've already picked. So um, I- I'll tell you that we might call you. <laughs> we we definitely might. It's um it's the money team. I-, I don't know if that means anything to you, but it's the money team. That's the team you're facing off against, if you win.
0: Well, if we win. If we win, you give me a call that night, and we can talk about the money team. <laughs> we can talk about the money team. But like like I said, right now we're focused on, you know, Marshall and because uh, those guys get going and making threes, and Ryan's a Taylor's a matchup problem. Um, you know, we, we, we got our hands full. So we got to be prepared. We got to get in shape and um, be ready to go.
1: A little less X and O's, just more how fans have responded to not only this matchup but just this tournament. It's one we're getting basketball back, we're getting it at a high level, and it feels like maybe. And of course, best Virginia has had a uh, a huge impact in this tournament already. Uh, The fact that Charleston was going to be a host site before the pandemic happened. You know what is it about? basketball that West Virginians just love? Because I don't think you could see this, uh, you wouldn't see a tournament like this here if it wasn't for the fact that the fan response has just been so huge, both for the West Virginia side and things, and the Marshall side.
0: I totally agree. Uh, I tell people a lot. My first few years at West Virginia worked the best, but I fell in love with the fans, and uh, I was the, the crowd favorite. And so my junior and senior, when I played a lot more, it's intoxicating, the the, the energy and the vibe that they give you. So, uh, And now that I've been to to Huntington the last three years watching Jared and John play, the crowd and and the cam, when that that crowd gets going, um, you know, so West Virginia doesn't have any professional teams, so they live and die, especially with WVU, but at at Marshall as well. And um, the crowd we had in Virginia last year, if, you know, I've said this before, if Juwan Staten doesn't sprain his wrist the game before, I think there would have been a very different outcome uh, for us in the tournament last year, because we had opportunities to win that game without our point guard. and uh, Because of the fans, they, it was basically a home game for us, and to, and to the credit of the fans, that the committee of the TBT saw that, and they wanted the benefit of it, that's why we were able to host, we were going to host in Charleston. Hopefully we... Uh, You know, have a good showing this year and next year. Once things settle down, hopefully, we'll have a chance to 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 host in Charleston again because our fans deserve it. The Huntington fans, the Morgantown fans, the state of West Virginia in general—they love their basketball, they love their sports, uh, and and that's the credit to those guys.
1: Notre Dame boys basketball coach and head coach of Best Virginia, Jared West, joining us on the program. And that's going to be a challenge for you. That's going to be a challenge for anyone in this tournament. The atmosphere, the crowd, West Virginia, fans really fuel those guys, those players. They feed off that energy. You're not going to have that energy, so you know how right. are you going to overcome or at least deal with that? Everyone's going to deal with it, but how are you attacking it?
0: Well, to be honest with you, it's going to be. I don't think anybody really can say 'Cause I don't think it's ever been done. Not in I mean like you've had scrimmages before but but the stakes aren't as high. So it's gonna be interesting to see exactly how awkward it's going to be because it's gonna be so quiet. Uh but we're going to have to the, the good thing is, on the flip side of it, this are, these aren't high school kids that you have to um uh, you gotta motivate, you gotta do everything to get them going. These are professionals, so um, they understand the stakes, they understand the million-dollar stakes, and they understand uh, that we have to self-motivate and, and get ourselves uh, juiced up on our own, which I think with our with our team and camaraderie, I think that's going to be to one of our advantages because all of these guys genuinely love each other and root for each other. So I think we'll be able to create uh, more energy for ourselves because of the familiarity.
1: My only question is, are, is there going to be enough basketball time for all these guys? I I don't know who sits and who starts on this team.
0: Woo, that's a million-dollar question. Me and Coach Tallman, we get paid the big bucks uh, <laughs> to make those decisions. Now, on the flip side, the greatest thing about this group is they are so selfless and unselfish, and uh, they just really genuinely uh, want to win. And they've allowed me to coach them. They've allowed Coach Tallman to coach them. That is the great thing. They're not jerks. They don't have any egos. They, you know, so that's that's the great thing. But we have a lot of versatility. We can start multiple people, um, but, but we just have to figure out um, what who who helps us uh, at the right times and in the right um, places. Obviously, with with, with Marshall, um, you know, they're going to play a lot of guards, so we might have to match up small ball with them, you know. And then you know, just just depending on who we're playing or who's on the floor. It's gonna dictate who's on the floor for us. So the good thing is we can go big, we can go small. We have uh great versatility.
1: All right, I'll give you a tip. You probably already know this, but uh Elmore, he's really good at passing, but he hasn't seen a shot he hasn't liked yet. I mean he, <laughs> he will if he sees an open basket, he'll shoot.
0: Well you definitely didn't have to <laughs> you definitely didn't have to tell me that one. I, I've uh, I've been Several games that I've seen john he's he's a very uh electrifying player he brings a lot of juice and energy to the floor and uh if he gets it going, he's very streaky as well so we definitely and and, and not just john I've seen Stevie get it going I've seen c j go for thirty uh ryan Taylor's a matchup problem so we we got our hands full we got our hands full um you know but the good thing about the best virginia team those guys hugs is built on defense so it's going to be a battle of, of wills, and whoever executes the best is going to probably come out and win.
1: Coach, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, we have your son on all the time, and, and now I know where he gets his uh, personality from because uh, you two are now my two of my favorite interviews that I've ever had.
0: That means a lot. Uh, I want to thank you for how you all have embraced him in Huntington. Uh, he, said, he, he, all, he said a number of great things about you guys. And uh, God is God is, is, is truly blessed as God is good because he's He's in a comfortable spot with you, with you guys, and I'm excited to come down to the cam this year. And I think those guys are going to make a, a deep run next year with everybody coming back. So thank you. Anytime you want to call, you want me on, and I'm not after the game. If we win, feel free to give me a call, and we can talk uh, about whoever we'll be playing in the next round.
1: Okay, we'll do it. Coach, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a good one, buddy. There you have it, Notre Dame boys basketball coach Jared West. He's part of the coaching staff of the basketball tournament entry from West Virginia's alumni team, Best Virginia. We wrap it up when we continue on today's edition of The Drive.
0: You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You know, we've had, I think,
1: an outstanding week of shows. That means no pressure, but Friday – has got to be the cherry on top. Intern producer Spencer Dupuis. Friday has got to be good.
0: I'm brainstorming right now. I'm, I'm brainstorming. We can't, we can't use all the tournament guys. We, no, we could. We, we got a couple of weeks
1: till that. We're gonna use that. Of course, we're gonna use that strategically. But Friday, we we got to bring something to the table. I'm trying. Okay. I mean, you've been good. Four days straight here. I mean, it's solid. First four days of this week have been solid. What can you do on Friday to just accentuate it, the exclamation point to this show?
0: Um, You know, just get another solid guest. But if you're a guest or if you're a listener, you got to stay tuned. You'll figure that out tomorrow on the social media probably tomorrow afternoon.
1: Look at that. Not only is he teasing the show, he's telling you, you better follow the social media channels. On Twitter at Paul Swan. The radio station is ESPN 941. Of course, Facebook, that's uh, our favorite destination at times. The Drive with Paul Swan. Find our page, like it there. And don't forget always, always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcaster or wherever you get your podcast for our producer, Spencer Dupuis. I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in back tomorrow for the Friday edition of The Drive here at ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: Your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.